Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Wow, if your heart's not ready to hear from the Lord, I don't know what's wrong with your heart. Thank you, Paxton. I just, uh, we're in a lot of churches, a lot, a lot of weekends a year, and, uh, if I lived anywhere close to this church, hello, Amarillo, I would join this church because of the staff. Hello? You can clap. And, uh, it's good. You can clap. They're pretty good people, folks. Y'all. And just for the spirit of Jesus in this place. That's right. And, uh, so let me... Uh, let me let me just go here. I know some of you are going, okay, they've had the marriage conference. They're going to finish the marriage conference today. I'm not married, not planning on being married, don't want to be married. I'm in middle school. And um, <laughs> so this is not going to pertain to me. What we're going to talk about today is really only for people that have relationships with other people. You'll get that about noon today. Uh, so you're included in this. So we're going to pull the marriage conference together. But is where we're going today is dealing with relationships with other people. It's dealing with marriages. It's dealing with families. It's dealing with uh, middle school, high school students. It's dealing with college students. It's dealing with singles. It's dealing with senior adults. Some of the things we talked about this weekend, all of it pertains to us if we have relationships with other people. And Debbie wants to kind of give you maybe a little overview of where we've been. Yeah, we want to leave you with a challenge today after all that we talked about yesterday. And for those of you that were not here yesterday, let me just kind of give you a brief overview so I can catch you up to where we're going to be today. What we talked about yesterday was embracing God's design on marriage. And the only way that you can embrace God's design on marriage is you've got to know what God said, why he created marriage. So we went through the scriptures in Genesis. We went through scriptures in Ephesians. And what we challenged the couples to do was to embrace God through meeting one another's needs and then to embrace God's design by knowing the truth and not living by lies. That's right. And then embracing God's design by living out what he said. And we walked through 1 Corinthians 13. What we're going to do today, just to kind of bring it all together, is bring, uh, we feel like these verses kind of encapsulate everything that we talked about. And if you've got your Bible I almost want you to not look because Steve and I are going to go back and forth on different translations simply because we want you to really grasp the fullness of what these scriptures say. We're going to hone in on Ephesians 4, 1 through 4. So Steve's going to start it because it says this in Ephesians 4, the very first verse. It says, in light of all of this. And when you read your Bible, when it says in light of all of this, you have to ask yourself, in light of all of what? In light of all of this, whoa, 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 what did he just say? In Ephesians 3, 17, 18, 19, and 20, it says this. The second part of 17, it says, and I pray that you 
may have power along with the saints to grasp. I pray that you may grasp, you grasp how wide and long and high and deep is God's love for you. That you grasp it. That, that he knows all we've done, good, bad, ugly, and all the above. And he says, I still want you to grasp, grab a hold of how much, how much I love you. How wide and long and high and deep is my love for you. And to know this love, which passes all understanding. I don't understand why God loves me sometimes. Hello? I grew up in an alcoholic home. I grew up, it, it was a pretty dysfunctional house. And, and God said, hey, Steve, I love you enough. I'm going to uproot your life. And I'm going to plant you over here. And I'm going, wow, where did that come from? And to know this love, which passes all understanding, so that he could fill you to the fullness of the measure of God. I don't know about you. You, you, you might be a whole lot more spiritual than me. But I got leaks. Anybody got leaks? God fills me, I leak out. God fills me, I leak out. I wish he'd just plug, plug up all the holes. And he's going, no, if I plugged up all the holes, you wouldn't need me. So I leak out and I need him to know this love which passes all understanding so he could fill us to the fullest of the measure of God. Verse 20. Now to him who is able, not you, not me, to him who is able to do in our life more than we could dream, think, or imagine. Does that just not blow you away? God wants to do more in your life than you could dream, think, or imagine. Why? Because of the power of God at work in your life. Chapter four, verse one, knowing that he wants you to grasp, knowing that you don't understand God's love, knowing that he's got plans for you that are better than you could dream, think, or imagine. He then says, therefore, knowing that, therefore, this is what I want you to do. So Paul goes on to say, now in light of all of this, while I'm locked up in prison, this is what I want you to do. I want you to walk. Better yet, run down the path God's called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands or going down a path that's going to lead you absolutely nowhere. Hello. And mark that you do this path with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts. So people, steadily pour yourselves out in love for one another. Be alert at noticing differences Hello. and be quick at mending fences. Why? Because we were all called to travel down the same path, going the same direction. So stay together, both inwardly and outwardly. Yeah. That is our challenge to you. Guys, we could spend hours just on these verses, but I want you to understand this if you don't get this. Paul is saying to you, you can't run your path. You can't do the path that God's called you. You can't have a great marriage, a godly marriage. You can't have great relationships with other people until you yourself understand God's love for you. And when you grasp God's love for you, which some of us, it takes a long time. I'm one of them. I knew, I knew I'd love Jesus. Oh, goodness, I knew I'd love Jesus, how much he deserved my love. But for him to love me, I talked him out of it constantly. 
And so until I could grasp God's incredible love for me, and then I allowed him to fill me, not with my love, but to fill me with his love, I finally had something to give to this man and to give to this world. And until we do that, we're not going to be able to do the path God's called you on. You've got multiple paths, people. You've got a path in raising children. You've got a path in your marriage. You've got a path at work. You've got a path in relationships with other people. My question to you is, what are you doing with that path? Are you on the right path? Debbie and I fly a lot of places, and we get a rental car, and we leave the airport, and we're driving to the church in the city that we're in doing a marriage conference. And uh, I drive, and Debbie navigates. She's a great navigator. I follow instructions well. Sometimes. Most of the time. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. So we're driving down We're driving down the highway, and Debbie, we were driving this day, and we we're driving down the highway, and Debbie goes, uh, our ex, the next exit's our exit. I said, awesome. Thank you. This is awesome. I'm driving, and I start exiting off on this exit. And Debbie goes, where are you going? I said, I'm exiting. You said exit. She goes, this is a roadside park. I said, well, you said take their next exit. I took the next exit. She goes, it's a roadside park. You know where roadside parks go? Nowhere. To the bathroom. They go go to the bathroom (laughs) and the canteen. You can get a Coke somewhere. And then you got to get back on the highway. You know what some of our lives have happened? You know what in our lives some of us have happened? Some things we're driving down the road. We're on the road that God's called us to do. And then something happens in our life and we exit. And we exit to the roadside park. And your life goes in neutral. What's made you, what's taking you out of the game? Can we just go there on a Sunday morning? Abortion, affairs, bankruptcy, sex before marriage. You put you fill in the space. And then you know what Satan says? Who do you think you are? Who, who, who thinks, who do you think you are that you can get back on the right path? And see, I got a God that loves me wider and longer and higher and deeper than I understand. And he loves me enough to say, okay, come on. Get back in your car. You went to the bathroom. You got a Coke. Get back in your car. Get back on the highway and get back on the road that God's called you to travel. Yeah, but Steve and Debbie from Dallas, Texas, you, you don't understand what I've done. You know what? I don't understand what you've done. But see, I got a God that loves you wider and longer and higher and deeper than you understand. And, and God's going, hey, I know what you've done. I know where you've been. I know the thoughts that go through your brain. I know what's going on. But I just want you to know I got a plan for you that's a plan that's bigger and wider and higher and more awesome than you understand. So what do we got to do to get back on the path? For you to get back on the path. See, we used a lot of excuses. Well, that's just the way I am, and nothing's going to change. My family, my kids, we have three kids, and when they were growing up, they said, Dad, how did you come out the way you are knowing that the family you grew up in? Because it was pretty dysfunctional. I said, by the grace of Jesus, because God uprooted me one day in my life, and he planted me, and he said, hey, I got a plan for your life that's awesome, and I got a path for you that I'm not going to tell you because it would scare you to death, but just get on the road, follow my instructions. 
You know, how do we steadily pour ourselves out in love for one another? Honestly, do we do a very good job with that? When I hear the word steadily, I'm a visual learner, and I have to think about what is something that I can see that is steadily. I always think of a water faucet. If I go in that bathroom over there and I go to wash my hands, I turn on that water faucet, that water is going to come out and it's going to steadily pour until I turn it off. That's, our, that's God's challenge to us with love. But the problem is, if we don't fill ourselves full of God's love, we don't steadily pour out ourselves in love. We're conditionally loving. And we see it every day in marriages. We love when it feels good. We don't love when it doesn't feel good. We love when it's easy. We don't love when it's hard. And God said, that's not the way I love you. I'm challenging you to love steadily, to pour yourselves out in love for one another. Guys, we need that more today than ever. And then he says to be alert at noticing differences. Have have you looked lately to see that people are different from you? (laughs) God did not make us to be just alike. He made us all unique. We're all wonderfully and uniquely made. But he also made us so that we would embrace differences and not use differences as a point of contention. Y'all, the country we live in today breaks my heart. I know we're different, but God didn't say, I love you because you're like this or you're like this. God said, love and embrace the differences. Even in your marriage, opposites attract. Would you not agree? You probably, those of you that are married, married somebody opposite of you. It's great. The problem is after marriage, opposites attack. We want to try to change this person to be just like us. Well, like Steve says all the time, God doesn't need two of you. Thank you. He wants us to embrace those differences. Why? Because it'll make you better. The gifts that Steve has, coupled with the gifts that I have, make us better. That's right. I don't want him to be like me. I do sometimes. I'll be honest with you. I want him to make a bed like me, you know? Why do you have 20 pillows on a bed? Help me with that. Men, I call them throw pillows. Just throw them things where you want. Debbie comes in. If you're not going to make the bed correctly, don't make it at all. And I said, not a problem. (laughs) Man, I don't have to make that bed. Thank you. (laughs) So, I mean, we've got to learn that differences are good. In the body of Christ, differences are good. But we have to be unified in those differences. The last thing that Paul said before he goes on to talk about our oneness is he said, you've got to be quick. Nowhere in the Bible did he say, take your time for giving. He said, you need to be quick at mending fences. Anybody, anybody in here today uh, have a ranch, a farm that you have cows on it? Anybody? Nobody? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want to see your hand. I'm going to ask you a question. You're going, oh, I don't want to. I'm sitting in the back. I don't <laughs> want to answer this question. If somebody calls you in the middle of the night and says, hey, your fence is down, do you look at the clock and go, And your cows it? are getting out, hey, not your just cows, your fence Your cows down. are getting out. Your fence is down. Your cows are getting out at 2 o'clock in the morning. You go, hey, dude, why are you calling me at 2 o'clock in the morning? What do, you do? what do you do when they call you and your fence is down? You get out of bed and you go get it. Why do you get out of bed and go get it? Because you're getting ready to lose something that's very valuable to you. Hello? Some of your fences are down, folks. Be quick at mending fences. You know what that means? Forgive. Well, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, it takes a lot of work to get up and go fix the fence. Two o'clock in the morning. But you're going to do it because you're going to lose something that's valuable. Valuable. You realize that 
when we don't forget, forgive. When we don't forgive, our fence is down and we're losing a lot of things that are valuable to and us. And the main thing that you're losing is your relationship with God. Yeah. Thank you. you know, for God clearly on. says to us that when we forgive, it unblocks the blessings that God has for us. Yeah. I, is there anybody in here that doesn't want God to bless you? Well, that's a key. Forgiveness unblocks the blessings so that God can bless you. And it also aligns your heart Come on. to the one who can care for it most effectively. Guys, people are going to hurt us. We're going to hurt each other. Amen. Why? Because we're sinful. That's right. But you have got to trust God that he will care for your heart. Give these people that hurt you, give them over to the Lord. Don't let them bind you up in resentment and bitterness for the rest of your life. Because if you do, life becomes about you. And it'll never be about God. Mm. Yo, we don't have time to waste. I'm crying out for God to come soon. Aren't you? I have six grandbabies that I do not want to grow up in this world. Lord, come quickly. And are we sitting on our hands? Going, yeah, I see the world going to pop, but I don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, you do. If you'll steadily love and you'll be alert at noticing differences and you'll be quick at mending fences, then we can all travel down the same path God's called us. Let us give you five things, especially yep. for your marriage, to have oneness in your marriage. Guys, Satan does not want you to be unified in your marriage. He wants to get you on separate pages. He wants to get you against each other. These are keys to help you be one the way God intended for you to be when he created marriage. When he created marriage, you're flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. Right. What Steve does reflects me. What I do reflects him. God, help us to be one in our marriage. First thing you need to do is you need to invest regularly in your marriage. Did you hear what I said? I said regularly. I don't know what you think of when you hear regularly. I'm not even going to tell you what I think. I'm going to let you just kind of think about that for a minute. You need to invest <laughs> regularly in your marriage. What does that mean? Have you quit dating? Does everything in the world come before your spouse? I know for Steve and I, we've been married 42 years, but the first 12 years, we were so on the road of ministry, we totally neglected our marriage. That's right. We didn't invest in it. It was not the most important thing underneath our relationship with God. We let ministry come first. We let our children come first. We got all out of whack. Why? Because we did not invest regularly in our marriage. Now, if you're not married... There's some relationships that you need to invest into regularly. Grandma and Grandpa, you have some grandchildren that you need to invest into regularly. Well, they're, they're not in the same town. You know what? You can call. You can text. You can do something to be an encouragement. Investing regularly means I am going to give, 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 and not take, take, take. And you're going to do it Often. Often. You've got to make a decision that marriage is a priority. God knew that it would unify us when we stay on our knees before him and when we pour into one another. And what that does is it keeps our heart and our mind open to hear from God. When this relationship is not working, 
you have a hard time hearing from God. Why? Right. Because you are consumed with being angry and frustrated with your spouse. That's not what God wants. He wants us to be unified. He wants us to invest in one another. Steve and I were talking to a couple not long ago, and they are busy, busy, busy doing lots of good things. But I'm telling you, they're going to miss the greatest things if they don't start carving out time for one another. And that was our advice to them as guys. You may be out there saving the world, but in the process, you're going to lose each other. So invest in your marriage. Invest in your relationships that are valuable to you. Number two, work on you. That's a good point. You know what we tend to do? We're tending always, our thought is, (laughs) man, I wish they'd work on themselves. Man, I wish that person would work on themselves. No. Why don't you work on you? You are the only one you can change. Can I, uh, can I give you news last year, husband and wife? Uh, stop working on your spouse. <laughs> That's going to wear you out. Why don't you work on me? I don't know about you, and, and guys, you might be a whole lot different than me, but when I get my act together personally where I need to be with Jesus, Debbie changes What's up with that? When I am doing what God's called me to do, not just going through playing religion or playing church or playing whatever, but I am going, hey, God, I want you to, man, I want you to work in my life. I want to be sensitive. I I want you to restore the joy of my salvation. I want to be able to sing those songs and go, man, God, hallelujah, I love you, and thank you for working in my life. When I get it, when I get a real word from God and God's working in me and I'm going, whoo, Everything in life changes because my focus is not changing her. My focus is becoming what God wants me to become authentically. And then you know what happens? Debbie just kind of scoots up real close and goes, hey, let's go this, let's do this together. Middle school, high school student, why don't you become the person God's called you to be and then you blossom where God's put you to be. Single, why don't you stop trying to find a spouse and try to find Jesus. Can I just tell you without a doubt, God will bring somebody in your life. And you're going, whoa, where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. He searches, he knows people a whole lot better than we do. But when I invest in me, and I'm not saying egotistically or anything like that, but when Jesus works in my life, a whole lot of things in my life get in line. Now, I don't know about you, <clears throat> but when I got married to Steve, I thought this man was going to be responsible 100% for my happiness. Help us. Didn't you? You know, do you not sometimes come to weddings and go, oh, goodness. Do they even have a clue what they're walking into? I mean, I do. I almost cry at them. Not because they're sentimental. I cry because I'm thinking, they don't know. (laughs) They don't know. This is a lot of work. I had to work on me. Why? Because he cannot make me happy all the time. Thank you, Jesus. It is not his job, his responsibility, or his duty. It is mine to make sure that my joy, contentment, and peace comes from God. And if you don't plant yourself every day in God's word and in that intimate relationship with him every day, you're going to spend the rest of your life pulling from people, trying to get your happiness in all the wrong places. Work on you and let God take care of the rest. The third thing is become known. What do I mean by that? Don't isolate yourselves. That is why God created the church. God created the church to be a fellowship of believers that would hold one another up, that would pray for one another, that would carry one another's burdens. 
Don't isolate yourself. If at all possible, surround yourself with a group of couples that can hold you up and can encourage your marriage, can encourage your life. Steve and I shared yesterday, we believe with all of our heart, the best thing you could do is have a couple of people in your life that really love you, that are for you, that believe in you, and that you know that, and ask them to come alongside you. And real accountability looks like this. You meet with those two, men with men, women with women. You meet with them every single week, and you give them permission to ask you three questions. This is becoming known, and this is someone that will hold you accountable. Real quickly, the three questions are, have you compromised your integrity in any way this week? Is there anybody in your life that asks you that question? Because we're sinful people once again. And many, many times we overlook that we compromise our integrity. We need somebody that holds us accountable to that so that we don't slip up. The next question, are you in an inappropriate relationship of any kind? That's right. Are you texting somebody you don't need to be texting? Y'all, do you not know that the world out there is pulling you away from what is right? I don't care if it's TV. I don't care if it's movies. I don't care if it's social media. I don't care what it is, but it is out to destroy you. And we just walk around like it's no big deal. We need people with us that can come beside us and say, okay, be careful. Are you talking to a co-worker of the opposite sex about your marriage? You need to stop. Be careful. Satan is conniving, and he will take you out in ways that you're not even prepared for if you don't have people around you. Third question is the best question of all, and that is, did you lie to me about question one or two? That's right. Come on. Y'all... Steve and I want people like that in our life. If we lived close to here and Jeff and Melissa were that close to us, I would ask them, in a heartbeat. please ask us those questions. We know as what we do for a living, we travel the world and teach on marriage. Do you think Satan would like to tear us apart? Absolutely. We, we, we got his number early on. We would teach conferences every weekend, and on Wednesday, we would get in the biggest fight you could imagine. Steve would do something stupid. And we began to recognize that is Satan, because if he can take us out of the game, God can't use us on this weekend. Become known? I, I think we need to get the virus of Jesus and just go infect everybody. Hello? But you know what we do? We wear a mask. Oh, I'm not going to say anything about Jesus. You're not going to say anything about Jesus. I hope they don't find out I'm a Christian. Well, I'm going to I'm a, I go to I go to church on Sunday, but man, the kids, are, the students, or the singles that I run around with, that they don't know I'm a Christian. I'm going to keep my mask on. See, I think God's called us to to uh, infect everybody with Jesus. How do you do that? Just be somebody that's full of the love of Jesus, and you just ooze it just oozes out of your body. The 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 gu guitar player that stands right here, I don't know his name. What? Jake. Jake. Jake is infectious. I'm going, I don't even know that guy, but I want to spend time with him. Where is he? Is he? <laughs> He's probably He's in, in the back, back room. Why, why, do, why do I look at that? I'm going, that guy's got some joy in his life. We tell people all the time, you know, the hardest thing to do on Sunday morning is speak to the first Sunday, the first worship service. Why? Because you're half awake. 
And we sell, tell people all the time, hey, hey, tell Jesus. No, tell your face. Tell your face Jesus lives in your heart. <laughs> I ain't going to do that. But see, I think we, we, to become known, we need to have Jesus oozing out of our life everywhere. Are you going to offend some people? Probably. Are you going to have an effect on some people? Yes, without a doubt. The next thing is address your home life. Yeah, get real. Now we're not gonna we don't like this one, but let me just let me just be honest and realistic with you. We're one way here, aren't we? And we can be a whole different way at home. Money and parenting are the top two issues that couples deal with. Address those things. Um, Steve and I, because of what we do, and Steve was on staff of six different churches in 30 years. He has his doctorate in psychology. Master. So, master, sorry. You're not a doctor. No. Um, but he did all the counseling at the church. And then after we began to do marriage conferences, we began to do counseling. Can I highly advise you to get help and not sit in the yuck and not get help? You need to find a biblical counselor, but there are so many resources that you can go to. Do not sit and battle over those differences forever and ever and ever. Work things out. Steve and I do a whole conference that talks about finances. We have a whole parenting conference. Those are the key issues. You've got to address those things at home and get to a good place. Why? Once again, I'm going to tell you, because if those issues are what is constantly keeping you down and out and against one another, you cannot hear from God. And you are not doing anything for the kingdom. Do y'all know why we are on this earth? Do y'all have any idea? It is not for your pleasure, even though that's what we're constantly looking for. Is it not? Sometimes we learn things from the mouth of babes, do we not? My grandchildren sometimes teach me a lot of things. My oldest granddaughter is 12. I cannot believe she's 12. She's as tall as me. That is just not right. But when she was four years old, I will never forget this day for the rest of my life. We all go to the beach every summer, and so we were all in Destin, Florida. And I got up one morning, and I'm in the kitchen, and I'm cooking breakfast for the family. And Morgan Lily walks in the kitchen, and she is just the joy of my life. So she walks in the kitchen. She's a sassy little thing, which I love about her. But she walked in the kitchen, and she said, Dee Dee, that's my name, the best name in the world. She said, Dee Dee, do you know why I exist? Now she's four. So I stood there, and I thought, okay, her mom and daddy have told her something. I got to get this right. So I thought for a few minutes, and I got down close to her little face, and I said, oh, Morgan Lily, I said, you exist so that your Didi can love you forever and ever and ever. And she said, no, Didi. She said, I exist to glorify God. Hello. Come on. I beg of you to quit making life about you. I beg of you to make it about him. Jeff says it all the time. We want to make much of you. You cannot make much of him. If this stuff is a mess, Mm. and if you're walking away from it, the last thing that will bring more unity to a marriage is when you choose to serve God together. That's right. I I, I, I don't care what it is. But serve him together because you will go home and have an enormous gratefulness for what God has done in your life 
and to pour that out on others is one of the greatest rewards of any marriage you could ever have. See, some of you are going, well, well I don't want to stand on stage. Uh, they, they need people to help make coffee on Sunday morning. They need people to lead small groups. Senior adult, God's not finished with you. You need, well, we used to teach, a, we used to have a home cell group. We used to lead a group. Well, some of these young couples need you investing in their life. And serving is not necessarily a position. It can be opening the door for somebody. It can be making somebody's coffee. Serving is not difficult. But if your heart is on other things that are distracting you, you won't be able to serve the Lord. So Guys, why were we called? Because God called us all to go down the same path, going in the same direction. That's right. So stay together, Bushland, both inwardly and outwardly. Would you stand? Let me pray for you. Jeff's going to come. Staff's going to come. And uh, here's our prayer today for you: is that uh, some of you exited off the roadside park. Some of you need to get back on the highway. Some of you this weekend at the marriage conference got on the highway. Some of you today need to say, you know what, God? Uh, I just need somebody to pray for me. Let me pray for you and then I'll let Jeff take it. Father, I love you today. Uh, thank you for a church that it's safe to come in and have it together. It's safe to come in and not have it together. It's safe to come in and be on the highway of God, what God's planned in our life and we have grasped it. And it's safe to come in this place and know that we've lived half our life on the roadside park. So God, today, would you work in our life? God, we just surrender and we want obedient to be obedient to you today, Father. So bless our time. Thank you, thank you for the privilege you give Deb and I to just uh, reflect your love today. So speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.